episode 196 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. Fly with Garmin Avionics, then grab your mobile device and make the Garmin Pilot app your cockpit companion. Get advanced functions you'll use before, during, and after every flight, including updating your aircraft's databases and logging engine data, plan, file, fly, log with Garmin Pilot. Pilot the Pilot podcast is brought to you by The Finer Points. The Ground School app contains knowledge and skill videos. Check it out at learnthefinerpoints.com. Hi guys, I'm Laura Humphreys. I am an author of the book, You Look Like Me, as well as a pilot, and I am commercially rated right now. AV Nation, what is going on? And welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. My name is Justin Seams and I am your host. Today's episode is with Laura Humphreys. You can find her on Instagram, the period flying period princess. And you can also check out her books, You Look Like Me Books on Instagram. Laura was a flight attendant. She didn't know she wanted to be a flight attendant until later in life. She was working at a car dealer saw a flight attendant. I was like, hey, if you can do it, I can do it. And that's kind of been her trajectory for her career. She was a flight attendant, saw a pilot, looked like her. Hey, you can do that. So I can do that. She's really gone after it, set goals, and she's making a difference and making a change. And her books are awesome. Such a, an amazing idea and such a, a great way to, to give back to the community. So I'm really excited to see what Laura can do in the future. And I really hope to see her flying for Delta here soon. Even Nation, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review. Make everyone you know subscribe to the podcast. Podcast. That's how it charts really high. Get everyone you know. Just spam, <laughs> get spam follow for everything and subscribe. Even if they don't like aviation, who knows? Maybe this podcast will get them to like aviation. But aviation, I don't want to keep you any longer. So, any further ado, here's Laura Humphreys. Laura, what's going on? Welcome to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Thank you for having me. Super excited. I know. I'm pumped to have you on. We were talking before we started recording. Uh, we've actually met in person randomly. Mel got us all together down in Atlanta and uh, we had dinner together with Mel. You remember that? Yes. Mel introduces me to everybody. That's he awesome. is literally my work bestie. <laughs> that's good because he's uh, he knows some good people. So that's a good person to know. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Shout out to Mel. Shout out to Mel. Well, let's go and get started. Uh, I always ask everyone kind of the same question to start, and it's really the only question I have planned. But why aviation? Uh, What was it about you that um, brought you into this industry and kind of made you want to be a pilot? Okay. Well, um, for me, it was more so uh, the representation piece, having people that look like me throughout my journey that propelled me to the next step. So um, I was working at a car dealership and a beautiful young flight attendant came in in her uniform, super spunky and sweet. And we started talking and I was like, oh, my God, the normal questions you ask flight attendants, like, where have you been? Do you love your job? Oh, my God, super excited. And she was like, Laura, I think you would be great. You should apply and I'll help you through the process. So I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, well, let me try this out. So I did it. I got the job and I was obsessed. I was like, why haven't I been doing this from before? I cannot believe I'm just now getting into this. And I was like, I was meant to be in aviation. Um, it wasn't until about a year or some change, maybe two years in where I was like, okay, I could be doing a little bit more. I started looking at um, different jobs within the company that I could do and work just to you know, keep my mind going, keep my brain active. Um, I started looking 
at the flight deck. And, you know, mainly because they had such great work rules compared to the flight attendants. And I know they make money. And I was like, oh, I was like, let me see if I can become a pilot. This would even be a thing. Um, I started talking to a lot of them and they basically said they love their job, but they have a lot of student debt, student loans. And I'm like, oh, goodness, I don't like that. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know about this. And on top of that, no one looked like me. So I wasn't as urgent to, um, get the process going, but I still was inquiring about it. Um, it wasn't until I met my first black female captain at my job. I don't know if I could say that on here, but yeah, <laughs> say can. what the job is. It's up to you. Yeah. If you want to say it, go for it. But if not, no worries. Oh, okay. Yes. I work for Delta Airlines. So I work with my very first black female at all. <laughs> and she was a captain. And I was like, oh my God, this is a sign from God. I know it is. And I'm going to go for it because if she can do it and she's been here like 40 years and a captain and God has her on my flight after three years when I'm just like deciding to, you know, kind of make that jump. I'm like, okay, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. So I did my discovery flight and that, I mean, the rest is history. I'm obsessed. (laughs) <laughs> when you were, let's go back to like car dealership, Laura, when you're sitting there and you see the Delta flight attendant come in or the flight attendant, maybe possibly Delta, I think it was. But when you see them come in and you start asking questions, did you ever think that path was going to lead you into becoming a pilot and future self wanting to fly for that airline instead of be a flight attendant for the airline? Absolutely not. <laughs> Never even crossed my mind. Um, you know, it kind of goes back to like gender roles almost, you know, in within any field. When you think of, oh, I can work in a medical field, let me be a nurse, you know, because kind of doctor has that, you know, stigma of being men only. And even when I became a flight attendant, it was like, okay, you know, girls are flight attendants and you don't see many women in the flight deck. And when you do, you know, they kind of, you know, look different, <laughs> you know, still. So... It never, ever, ever, ever crossed my mind that I was going to become a pilot until I became a flight attendant and was just curious, curiosity. It's funny curiosity. that you bring up a, a doctor and you automatically assume it's a male because my wife's in medical school getting ready to be a doctor. She's graduating <laughs> soon. But whenever I fly yes. with someone, I tell them like, oh, why do you live in Chicago? It's like, oh, well, my wife's in medical school. And they're like, oh, to be a nurse? I'm like, no, yeah, yeah, you don't exactly. go to medical school to be a nurse. And I like, get so mad and so worked up. It's just like, <laughs> ah, like, come on. Like, I mean, but it, you're so spot on on that. When you think of a pilot, I mean, for better or worse, you think of like an old white guy with a mustache wearing new balances. Like, that's just what you think about. That's just kind of what the history has been. And they're probably in the military, but it it's good that it's changing. And it seems to be that it's changing for the better and hope that it can continue to do so because we need all the pilots we can get. It doesn't matter who you are. <laughs> just we need right. more pilots. Which is crazy because flight attendants, you know, all that walking back and forth and serving and keeping people calm and collect. I was like, I am much more for the flight deck to sit there and fly the plane and not deal with that. You know, I was like, I mean, I love it. Love the passengers. Sorry, guys. But I'm like, what they get to do and, you know, fly the plane. I mean, they have the best view in the house. I don't even get to see outside. Hello. (laughs) I want to look outside. I literally will fly from here to Africa and never look out the window. Do you think there's more flight attendants like you that want to be a pilot, but maybe just haven't uh, seen someone like them or kind of understood that, yes, you can do it? Yeah, yes. I mean, 
people like me and that's in general aviation and is starting the process, um, I think it's taking people like that to bring more people over to this side. And I mean, it's pretty, it's been pretty amazing and extraordinary that so many women, I mean, and men that are flight attendants and, you know, mechanics or ramp, they're like, oh, let me try it because if she did it and she's doing it, I can get the ball rolling and get started now. So I know so many people that are starting the journey, but, you know, we can all start, but we need to finish. We've got to finish off strong and make it all the way there. Absolutely. Because aviation, man, there's going to be moments where you're just like, this sucks. I don't know. Why am I doing this? I already make money. For me. What do you say? You have to have so much self-discipline. Yeah, you do. Yeah, anybody that makes it through, you know that they were extremely disciplined and they saw through no matter what. And you just got to keep remembering that. What did your family and friends say when you're like, you know what? I think I want to be a pilot. Were they like, oh, Lord, you're crazy. Or were they just like, oh, cool. Let's do it. Let's watch it happen. Honestly, um, my parents, my mom was like, oh, really? Oh, my (laughs) goodness. I never saw that coming. I'm like, yeah. And she was like, oh, well, you know, I'm here for it. That's like being a doctor. I know, go back to the doctor. (laughs) She was like, being a pilot is like being a doctor. I was like, okay. And then when I told my friends, um, I feel like so many people are used to people saying things and not seeing it through that they didn't really believe me. And I believe me because I already know whatever I say I'm going to do is going to happen regardless. But I really think they were unsure because I see so many people now after now that I got my commercial rating, it's like, Lord, I remember when you you were just talking about it. I remember when we were working a flight and you were just talking about it. And look at you like it's been so great seeing your entire journey because I was there when you just mentioned it and you really saw it through. Like, yes, the follow through game has to be tight. <laughs> you're not wrong. And and that's a huge thing. And whether you're changing careers later in life or whether you're young, uh, you're maybe you're like 16, you want to be a pilot. You have to follow through. You have to make it happen. And there's going to be things that pop up that pull you away, whether it's just life in general, whether it's school, whether it's a loved one, whatever it is, just things are going to pull you away. Maybe you're not as good as you thought you were at it, but you have to see it through. What would you recommend for someone that's going through a tough time or maybe is at the point in their life where they're like, they could take the easy route and just go back to where they were, then go back to their nine to five job. They can go back to being a flight attendant and go back to whatever it is. But what would you recommend to them? Or do you have like a step process to keep you motivated and focused on the goal of being a pilot? Hmm. What do I recommend? Um, I recommend people looking at the pros and the cons of once you do make it, once you do see it all the way through, is it worth, you know, pushing forward? Or you, because I mean, everybody's different, right? So if they push through, maybe money isn't their goal. Maybe they don't like being away from home or, you know, having a family is more important than that. And, you know, you like, you have to take a lot of things into consideration. Um, If it's worth the risk and it's worth everything, like you just see it through, just keep going, keep going. Do not give up because you can give up for a moment, like a month, you know, a couple of days, a week, but Make sure you have a plan to get back and get the ball rolling and make it happen. Because if you let that lag time last too long, you're going to you're going to have regrets. You're going to regret never seeing it through and finishing it because you can see it all the way through and then still do whatever you were doing before or what you want to do. But at least you accomplished something you said you were going to do. I'm very big on do what you say you're going to do. Be a woman and a man of your word, please. <laughs> <laughs> Now, how did you actually, what were your steps that you took to start flying and to start this process? 
Well, I did a discovery flight first. Um, after the discovery flight, um, I'm not sure who told me, but someone told me about the school I ended up going to, which was ACE. Uh, that was at Fulton County Airport in Atlanta. And then from there, I was just really blessed to have a great instructor, um, Stephen Yates. <laughs> and he really, I mean, I really didn't know anything. I just kind of jumped into it. And he was like, okay, so I got to teach you this. I got to teach you that. Okay. Then once you learn Landis, we're going to solo. I'm like, okay. So it was like, every time he taught me something, he was like, okay, we're on to the next thing. On to the next thing. Okay. Next is solo. He, he'll just go down the list of everything I needed. And then I was like, oh, voila, here we are. 52 hours later, private pilot. So I'm like, okay, that wasn't too bad. And then I was like, okay, what do I do next? It's like, well, you can get your instrument or you can go straight to commercial. I'm like, okay, I want to get my instrument. But their prices had went up. So I had went to another school because I'm very big with, you know, finances and not spending too much money. Um, so I end up talking to someone at Delta and they put me onto the flight school in Henry County. And then I got my instrument rating there and then also my commercial with them as well. You said you're very big on finances and you kind of mentioned that you don't like debt. And unfortunately, this is very expensive to get into. What did you do to try to minimize that debt? Was it uh, saving money? Did you uh, move back in with family? Did you, I guess, just kind of, what did you do? What was your plan? How did you make sure that you had as little debt as possible when you got your, after your commercial rating and as you continue to build more time and more ratings? So when I began Delta, um, the fir my first year at Delta, I saved money and bought me a condo. So I purchased my first condo at uh, 26, I think, 26 or 27. And then when, I, like I said, I was talking to the pilots and they were like, debt, 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 debt. And I was like, oh God, I don't want to be in any debt um, going into this. So I have to have a plan as far as saving more money. Do I sell my condo? And then, you know, pay out of pocket. So once Delta actually announced the Propel program, I was like, oh yeah, like, no, I have to go all the way through. And I was like, and if I get my private pilot, I'm going to sell my condo. So I paid for my private, my private pilot out of pocket. It was about eight grand. Um, paid for that out of pocket because then I knew I was serious, right? So I knew if I got my private that I was serious and I was going to see it all the way through. Uh, once I got that, I was like, okay, I'm selling my condo. If it sells in a month, then it's gone. If it doesn't, I'll rent it out. Like I always have backup plan for backup plan of, you know, which way I'm going to go with it. Well, it sold literally the last day of the month. <laughs> and I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> so I use the profit of my condo to pay for my ratings. So that's awesome. that free. <laughs> yeah, with, I mean, with at least that. Mm -hmm. That's a blessing because not everyone has that opportunity to do that. Like we talked about, it is very expensive to become a pilot and it can draw a lot of people back and or they can decide to go the loan route, which if you really want to do it, that's the only route for some people. It's just kind of you, you had a, you put yourself in a very good position to, to make sure you had as little debt as possible. Yes, I listened to my parents. I've been a good child for a long time. <laughs> Anything they wanted for me, like they wanted me to get a degree. I was like, all right, I'm going to get you guys your degree. And then I want to figure out what I want to do with my life. And then I got them their degree. Like, okay, now don't bother me when I'm out doing whatever I want to do. <laughs> and they were like, okay, we promise. And then I, you know, got the job at the dealership and then flight attendant. Now they're flying for free. They're super happy. I said, I want to buy a condo. I want to buy my own place. They were like, yes, we want you guys to have your own place because my parents are very about, you know, we can stay with them, save our money as long as needed to 
purchase our own place because that's what they really want for us. Now, when you finally went to go fly or even the, the first discovery flight, did you have any doubts in your mind? You're like, man, I told so many people that I'm going to be a pilot and now like here I am. Did you ever have any fears? Like one, you weren't going to like it or two, that you didn't think you could do it? No, I have such a like need for thrill and excitement. And I think that's what happened with the flight attendant thing. I wasn't getting that thrill and excitement and, you know, just like that adrenaline rush. And not to say I would do that on a real, you know, like with passengers, but I was like, I'm sure it would be something exciting because I like skydiving. I like zip lining, like, you know, whitewater rafting. To me, it was just another adventure. Um, so when I did it, I was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. So much fun. It was just so cool. Like who doesn't love their first discovery flight? It's nothing like being on a big plane when you're on the smaller planes. Exactly right. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> what was the hardest part for all of this, for making this decision to go? I mean, it sounds like you've just been kind of on fire with it and you just kind of took it and ran with it and didn't really have any issues. But was there anything that kind of held you back at all or made you second guess it? Honestly, no. Um, I, You know, I, I really go with the flow of the good Lord. <laughs> so if God is making things happen smoothly. You know, it's the transition is smooth to me. That shows me that this is what is meant for me, you know, and it's meant to be, like I said, like if my condo didn't sell in a month, I was going to move on to the next thing. And then, you know, from that, it would probably be a domino effect of when I started, if I started, um, if I went another route with saving money, um, the whole process, I've been truly, truly, truly blessed that it has been a smooth transition after smooth transition after smooth transition. I haven't had any knock on wood, true setbacks per se. You know, I've had, I've had emotions, you know, I've had feelings of, Oh my goodness. Like, am I ever going to catch on to this? You know, like when you're learning new stuff, it's always that feeling like you're never going to know it. You're never going to understand it. Like, especially like instrument training and stuff. It's like, Oh, my God, so much to so much to know, so much to do at one time. You know, you're on the radios, you're checking your minimums, you're looking at plays, you're reading it out loud. Like it was a lot, but now there was no real, no real setbacks that I can think of. And while you're doing your training, you're still working at Delta as a flight attendant, right? Well, see, that is the thing. Like the transitions have been so smooth. Um, I was working at Delta. Uh, for my private pilot. So yes, I was getting my private pilot working. I feel like that's why it took me about eight months or so um, to complete that because I still had to work. And then after that, I waited and I got a scholarship um, through Sisters of Skies and that was for my instrument training. And I believe yeah, during, so once I was ready to do my instrument training, I believe that's when Corona happened. <laughs> So I was I was able to take the leave of absence. So I've been on leave for like two years. Oh, wow. it. Right. So I'm back there now. But <laughs> but I was able to get my commercial and my instrument and, you know, tailwheel endorsement, high performance endorsement, all of that in that time. So I didn't even have to worry about work. Thank God. Yeah. that I mean, that definitely helps us going to ask how you balance work and flying and doing all that. I mean, it sounds like a constant go, 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 go with no rest, you know? Yeah. Yes. It, it's a go-go situation, but it's more so me having to go. I don't, I get rest. I get lots of rest, <laughs> especially not having to uh, work right now, but. 
And talking about Delta and the Propel program, is that something you were able to apply to and be accepted in? I know there's some like certain stipulations and how it all works, but were you able to be accepted in that program? Oh my goodness. So that might've been the one thing that Corona really messed me up with was um, I had just applied for, because I had did everything I needed. So you have to have a four-year degree. Um, you had to have, I think it was three years with the company. You had to have at least a hundred um, flight hours. And I feel like those were the main things. So I had just got my hundred flight hours and I applied for it in February, it opened in February. And did the long application. I was ready to go. I was so excited. And then Corona happened and they got rid of the program. Oh. I know. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was so, I was like, no, no, come back. So, you know, that, and then that was, that was one of those moments. Like, do you keep going? Cause now they're, you know, furloughing pilots. Nobody can get a job. And then everybody's like, nope, it always turns around. It always turns around. I keep going. I keep, this is the time. So just finish out your ratings. It'll come back and it's going to come back strong. So I was like, okay, I'll keep going. Is the and program so back? Now, is Propel still done? Propel Advance is going on right now. Like that um, just closed. But I want to get into beginner because beginner gives you a guaranteed job with Delta. Um, if you get into the program upon completing your hours, you get right into Delta's flight deck. That's the way to go. I didn't know there was differences uh, between <laughs> Propel Advanced and Beginner. I actually had them on probably like right when COVID was hitting. I think I actually was recovering from what I think was COVID. I mean, everyone thinks they had COVID back in the day, right. but like right. I had them on right after I was recovering and I can't remember exactly the whole program. I got to go back and listen to it. But yeah, I didn't know there was two different tracks, the Beginner and the mm -hmm. Advanced. Yeah, the Advanced gives you a guaranteed interview upon, upon completing your hours. So you do all the interview. You don't interview up front. You interview on the tail end with Delta. But you're going against all the other pilots, all everybody, you know, and this you're just going against employees right now. So <laughs> it sounds beginning. like to you, is it almost Delta or bust? Is like Delta the, the only goal or are you willing to work anywhere? Say Propel doesn't work out. Delta is a goal, <laughs> but um, beyond Delta, I would prefer cargo, uh, like UPS, FedEx, something of that nature. Um, I'm a night owl. I like the, I'm always up at night, sleep during the day. I was about to say, you must not want to sleep. <laughs> Go I, know, to cargo. I know, I know, I have a sleep issue, so <laughs> I always felt like that would be best for me. Anything I want to do, I want to be able to have a night shift because I prefer working nights. So yeah, Delta has always been the goal because I mean, that's the reason why I even decided to become a pilot and, you know, got into aviation was, you know, getting hired on with them. So yes, I want to keep my talents there if I can, but no, I don't, I'm not going to discriminate if I don't get in, but yes, that is the ultimate goal. That's awesome. Hopefully they'll let you in and we need to start a little campaign. Get Lord of Delta. Yes, yes. Come on, campaign. Right? <laughs> Delta, funny. don't leave me hanging. I love y'all. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, when you are, I guess you're coming at the point right now where you're, you have your commercial. You have to get your, your uh, do you have your uh, multi-engine commercial or you just have your single-engine commercial? I just have my single-engine because in order to get into Delta Beginner, you um, can't go past a commercial. Oh, so what are you doing yeah. right now then? Are you just kind of like on the flight freeze and waiting for this to happen? I'm kind of on a flight freeze, but I can still build time. So I'm still just building time and just flying here and there. 
I'm saving monies because I took all my written. So my written are already done. I just have to get into the program and then I can just go full force, flight instructor, multi and everything else I need to do. Well, here's the real question. How long will you wait for Delta Propel Beginner to, to open up or to accept you before you say, hey, I need to make this happen. This is taking too long. Honestly, um, I'm hoping that they announce it soon because they said it'll be they said they're announcing it for spring. So I'm hoping February, March, I can't go really. I don't want to go past May because all my writings will expire May. I took them all the same month. So I, I kind of want to I kind of don't want to take them again. I did so well on them. <laughs> just like. Yeah, I'm trying to get in before then. So because as soon as it's the OK, I'm going diving right into all the other ratings. What's been the hardest part of your training so far? Hardest part of my training. I don't know. It's all hard until you get it. <laughs> right? That's very, very um, true. Yeah. I, I, you know, uh, instrument was pretty difficult, but most rewarding. I really like flying instruments. Um, you know what was one of the hardest ones, and it wasn't necessarily training. I mean, it was. I guess it is kind of training. It was that tailwheel endorsement. Oh, oh really? My God, yes. I was on the struggle bus with that. Was it just <laughs> just like different than um, everything you learned before and trying to land it and more uh, stick and rudder skills, or what was more most difficult part about it? It was the landing for me. Um, it just didn't feel the same. You know, I'm used to the Cessna and the flaring and, you know, feeling that nice little spot, pulling back, and it just sinks perfectly. Um, with that one, it was like, oh, you got to get close. You're faster. You're closer to the ground. And you slowly pull back. But, I mean, the minute you pull back too much, you're bouncing all over the place. I just, it was too much. Did you do your tailwheel with Mel? I, I did. Yes. I did. How's Mel as an instructor? I feel like he'd be a great instructor. He's phenomenal. I mean, he instructs as a mechanic, maintenance mechanic, so, um, or aircraft mechanic, sorry. And he instructs as that. So, I mean, he's very thorough with, you know, his talk throughs and his examples. No, he's an excellent, excellent instructor. He makes me feel like I can't be one. (laughs) (laughs) Same, honestly. I mean, maybe not Mel, but I just feel like I can't be an instructor. I don't have the patience to be an instructor. (laughs) Right. That's why I'm like, I barely have patience for myself. I'm like, you want me to give that to someone else? Okay. (laughs) That's funny. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsor, RAA. As a pilot, you rely on precision planning, trusted resources, and experience each day. And that's just what RAA brings to financial planning. You see, they're uniquely positioned to serve the airline community because RAA was created by pilots to serve pilots, which is why they've earned the trust and served thousands in the aviation industry for more than three decades. But more importantly, RAA's airline specialized advisors understand the unique set of needs, challenges, and goals associated with your career, including those factors that can affect your financial life and security. And that's why it's important to work with the right financial partner. Because whether you're just entering the airline industry or nearing your final flight, The team at RAA is there to support your journey from takeoff to touchdown. Learn more about the benefit of working with an RAA airline specialist advisor today at raa.com backslash pilot to pilot. That's pilot, T-O, pilot. And now let's get back to today's episode. Uh, So let's talk about your book that you wrote. So you wrote a book called You Look Like Me. And 
I'm guessing mainly this is for representation in aviation, but eventually representation in all other kind of like STEM fields and other fields as well. Yes, exactly. You are spot on. So (laughs) when I decided to write the book, it was out of my frustration that I didn't know sooner that I want to become a pilot because if I would have known sooner, I could have started sooner and I wouldn't be so old now, you know, beginning my training. Um, so I just really came up with a way to me was the quickest way. Like, what can I do so that kids can know sooner that it's something tangible, something they can touch, know sooner what they want to do. And I was like, I would love to do a book on careers, different careers, especially that women are in and thriving in that seem to be just for men, but they're, we're out there and we're doing it because women are really in a lot of places of power, but we just don't see it or know it. And it's just not enough of them. But I want to emphasize those careers and emphasize those women um, and the things they're doing in all kinds of different fields, because there's a lot of fields where you make money in, but you don't even know about it. You know, like think like even social media stuff, like so you got social media managers and it's like they're millionaires. You had no idea that this was even a job. So speaking about aviation specifically, what can we do? Not just like through a book or anything like that, but what can the general person, so like me, someone listening to this, what can we do for representation, whether it's for uh, uh, people of color, whether it's for women, whether it's for just a foreigner, anyone that wants to get in aviation, what can we do to be more accepting and get more diverse in aviation? Honestly, what's been working for me and what I see um, that is really helping the next generation is showing your face, show up, show up to these schools, show up to these events, show up, grab a person, grab a child, talk to them. Um, even in your neighborhood, you see kids like, Hey, you know what a pilot is? You know, have you ever heard of one? You ever flown a plane? You should really consider it. Talk to parents. Um, a lot of parents don't know because we are, you know, products of our environment. So if we're not around it, we don't really know about it. My parents wasn't around it, so they simply just didn't know about it. So they never brought it to me and my sisters as a thing to do or even show us that it was accessible to us or we could do it just because they knew somebody else, you know, Um, they didn't. So I just say every time I go to a school, um, anytime I talk to kids, they're just like so excited and so enthusiastic and just so happy to even know that this is a possibility and that's me. I'm just starting out and then to see someone else that looks like me, that's actually where I want to be. It's really, it's, I think it's, I think it's changing lives. We won't really know until, you know, years later, it's like, oh my God, you came to my school. And ever since then, I want to be a pilot. We won't know. But I think, I know, I know I didn't have it. So I just, all I know is I feel like if I would have had it, it would have been something. It would have meant something. And it's crazy how many people that even know about that you could become a pilot, they still don't know how to. They don't know how easy it is to just literally go take a discovery flight, you know? Like it is, there's not a, a huge barrier uh, of getting started. Now there's barriers of studying and money and going farther from that, but getting started and making a simple choice of just taking a discovery flight, it can happen in a day or two days, depending on like whatever the weather is. You can just literally go to the airport and go fly in a plane. Right. And and you can do it at any age. That was the that's the craziest thing. That I mean, um, I was with the schools with Anya Kearns and every time she was like, How old do you have to be to fly a plane? They're like, you know, guessing all these ages. And she was like, You can be any age. You literally can be any age. 
if you're in the plane, you can be on your father, mother's lap, flying the plane. You know, I, and I, I don't know, is there a stipulation on instructors and at what age you can sign, like people, like sign their logbook? There's not an age, is there? Um, I'm not a CFI, so I do not know that. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not entirely sure. I know there's age stipulations on when you can solo and when you can get your private, but I'm pretty sure you can get instruction at any point in your life. It's just like, is that instruction worth it to get it now and pay for a CFI or whatever it is when you can't really do anything to solo and further it when you, until you're 16 or 17? Right, but those hours still count the total time. Oh, for they? sure, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Imagine getting signed up at eight for hours upon hours just flying with your, your parents or your uncle or somebody. What's been the yeah, most surprising have- thing that you've learned uh, throughout the book or throughout this process that you've had uh, about aviation or the community? The most surprising thing? Yeah, like something that maybe caught Jeff Carr that you just weren't expecting about the aviation community. I think the aviation community is the most elite, the most fun, the most exciting community to be a part of. I did not know, like, okay, for instance, you go to FBO, they offer um, cars. You can get, they give you a courtesy car. You can go see the town. All you have to do is fly in. I just think that's so amazing. I love it. I love going to all the different airports and like, oh, let's see what car we can take. Let's see what restaurants are out here. And every pilot I've met, everybody, once they find you a pilot, it's like, oh, you've been through the struggle. We trust you. We love you. We welcome you. <laughs> right. Now, some crew cars are not as nice as other ones. That's for sure. <laughs> they this range in how nice they are. Like, at least it's free. <laughs> right. Yeah. Put a little bit of gas in it or whatever it is. But yeah, at right. least it's free. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's funny. Uh, what's your overall goal with the Look Like Me book series? Is it uh, to further it and, like we said, coming out with new books eventually? Is it to, to solo or to solely kind of narrow down aviation right now and just make a difference in one industry? But what's kind of like your long-term plan with this? My long-term plan is really just to plant seeds inside the schools for kids to see the different careers that are out there. That is truly all that I cared about when I created the book was that I just wanted to plant the seeds, a seed that I wish I had when I was in school, uh, when I was younger or in school for that matter, that, you know, I just don't think there's many books that focus on careers. Like I feel like they should have a career section for kids, (laughs) a career section, a book section that's just strictly about careers and all kinds of careers that they can look through and see pictures and, you know, get an idea. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on your Instagram right now. If anyone wants to to go look at the book or purchase the book, it looks like you can go to youlooklikemebooks.com and follow You Look Like Me Books on Instagram. Uh, it, it's awesome to see. I think representation is huge. I mean, having someone that looks like you doing something has just been a common theme for people getting in aviation. Be like, well, shoot, if they can do it, I can do it. Why can't I be like that? You know, like, and it's, and once you get here, I mean, yes, it's hard. There are things that you have to overcome, but you can really do this. It doesn't matter how smart you are or like how well you did in school. It's possible for you to be a pilot. It's possible for you to have this career and be successful in it. There's so many people that have done it. And I promise you, you are probably smarter than me and your schoolwork. So if I can do it, you can do it, you know? And that's what I said. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> One of the um, places I went, I said that I was like, I started talking to some of these pilots. And I'm like, wow, I'm smarter than you. I know I can do this now. <laughs> yeah, <right? Yeah. laughs> and that's really, and that's not to put down anybody, but that's just kind of like, 
you you kind of see them as a human instead of like you put people on this pedestal based on what they do. And really, if you put the work in and, and did the work, studied, did what you need to do, you can do it too. Nothing is nothing is too far reached, far fetched. You might have to work a little harder, but it can get done. And everyone has their own struggles in this career. Like everyone's going to struggle in different ways, different avenues. But but there is someone else who has gone through this that has struggled with with the same thing you have. You're never alone in this. Like other people have had issues with instrument. Some people are great with instrument training. Some people struggle with tailwheels. Some people are great at tail. You know, it's just like you always can find someone, whether it's online or whether it is that is going through the same things you go to. And that's one of the best things about the community is it seems like no one is short of offering advice or helping or being like, hey, I was there too, but now here I am doing this. And you know. It's like you can definitely see a pathway and a progression even when you're struggling. Yeah, you're right. No one is perfect. No one is perfect. We all have our journey and everybody's journey is so unique. It's kind of all the same, but all unique in its own different ways, you know, from the struggles to the path to the the end results, all very different. What's been your, uh, your, your favorite, I guess, no, what's been the hardest check ride you've taken so far? Oh my goodness, my private. <laughs> yeah. Was that because of the unknown and you didn't know what was coming? It was the unknown. Um, oh my goodness. I was on the struggle bus during the oral. The flight portion was great. Thank you, Jesus. I think <laughs> I'm really grateful that that flight went good, but I was never really worried about the flying. But when I went in for that oral, oh my God, he was drilling me so hard. And I was like, <laughs> He, he, he got to the point. He was like, "Lord, do you want to pass this oral or not?" I was like, "I do. I promise. <laughs> Please. <I> do. <laughs> Please don't fail me." Like, oh my goodness, I was sweating during that private. It was so rough. And at the end of it, I thank God I passed. And I was like, "That flight was better than the oral, wasn't it?" He was like, "Yes, much better. Thank God." <laughs> is there anything you could have done to prepare yourself more for for the oral? Now that you like kind of know, or if someone else is right now getting ready to take their check ride, is like there anything you would tell them for their first one to make sure they know going into it? Yeah, I think I think I probably might have <laughs> took it a little lighter than I should have. I think I started cramming the studying in, you know, um, leading up to the oral instead of studying throughout my training. I was so happy and excited to fly that I kind of just put that on the back burner because I mean, you know, my instructor didn't really, I don't I don't know if it was him or it was me. I just was excited to fly more so than anything. And I think a lot of people enjoy flying more so than studying. <laughs> so um, once it came crunch time to actually study, I didn't even know what I was looking at. I was like, oh goodness, I can't explain this stuff. I'm like, wow, this is way harder than I thought it would be. What yeah. was the feeling of actually becoming or uh, passing your check ride and becoming a private pilot? Was that one of the best moments of your life? Uh, yes. The best moment. I was so happy. I cried. I gave hugs, kisses. I was just so, I was like, I cannot believe I did it. It was just an accomplishment, you know, a huge accomplishment. Getting your private is a huge accomplishment because that is the beginning of your career. That is the beginning stage. That is like the foundation um, from there on. So I I can't even explain the feeling. I just it was just something I was like, I can't believe I did it. I did it. I did it. I actually did it. That's what it felt like. Who'd you take up for the first really flight? Did it. First flight. Um my first passenger, I do believe, was my cousin Chelsea. It was her birthday. 
Uh, I thought it would be a great birthday gift. And I took her flying. Oh, she freaking out. She's like, Laura, you know what you're doing, right? <laughs> uh, she did freak out a little bit because I was like, oh, look at that plane. It's about to take off. And I kind of did like a steep bank. And <laughs> she was like, <gasps> I was like, oh my God, calm down. It's fine. No, she... He loved it. She absolutely loved it. One of the first times I took out one of my good friends from high school, uh, he didn't shut his door all the way, even though I briefed him properly on how to shut it. <laughs> but we made the first turn and the door kind of cracked open a little bit. And he looked at me with this huge, like beady eyes. Just like, what is happening? I was like, oh. <laughs> like, sorry, man. I guess you're about to fall out. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was that really funny. so funny. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of glad it happened to me, honestly. It was kind of funny, but <laughs> I did feel bad. Yeah. We got, we landed, got the door shut. It wasn't an issue and we took back off. But yeah, it was really funny. Uh, for my it's first like night, my buddy. Yeah, I know, right? Man, I'm man. <laughs> but tighten your seatbelt just a little bit more than it was before. <laughs> like, but did you die? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you die though? It was a great time. Yeah. Um, yeah. How long after you you got your private did you start your training into an instrument? It sounded like you were just kind of uh, lit with a fire and wanted to make this happen. Did you just go from boom, 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 next, 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 or what was the process? No, um, I got my private in September. And then I had to work on getting my hundred hours because I want to get into that propel program. So I was doing time building and then I had applied for a scholarship in December and then had the gala, I think February with Sisters of the Skies. And then I received the scholarship money and then I used that for my instrument. So once it hit the account, it was go time. So I feel like it didn't hit though to like, uh, maybe like March, April-ish. Yeah, probably like around April. I'm going to say April. Because I got my, took all my rentons, I think, and then went and did my instrument training. So I spent a month taking like five rentons and then did my um, instrument training right after. What's been, and then um, went straight into commercial. What's been the most beneficial part of having a mentor? Uh, I'm assuming you've had mentors in this, whether it was uh, the first pilot you saw that kind of like triggered your memory, triggered your mind to think, hey, I could do this, or whether it's your friendship with Mel and having him to push you with what he's doing in this industry. But what's what's been the benefit of having someone being able to either be a role model to you or offering help to push you to keep going? It's the guidance for me. Um, I've had a lot of people guide me at a moment in time when I really just needed it. Like, um, like I told you, I had Beth Poole, who's at Delta. And when I talked to her, I was just like, my instructor is kind of going through something right now. I need another instructor. Do you know anybody other schools? And then that's when she was like, oh, go to Happy Goats. And I was like, oh, perfect. Say less, you know? And then I went there. That went good. And it's, I've, I've pretty much been just with them the whole time. But yeah, it's really just the guidance. Because I feel like I already have a plan in my head of what I want to do and how I want to go about it. Um, so it's just a matter of finding the places that are aligned with what I'm trying to do. Because I didn't want to go anywhere too expensive, like right. you know, $200 an hour. So I really, if it aligned with you know my budget and what I wanted, then I just went for it. And thank God it was working out. Is there anything in this process that you'd like to change? Like if you go back and be like, don't go to that flight school or, or don't go to the first flight school or shop around for a flight instructor, or are you pretty happy with how everything's uh, prog- progressed? I am so happy with how everything happens. Um, now, things have changed over the years since I've been gone. So, you know, I ha- I wouldn't necessarily recommend certain things or certain places um, based on where I've been. 
um, because prices had wound up. Because I just really think people should research and find um, good schools, good planes. Like, fly a nice plane. <laughs> you know, don't just go to any place and fly the rinky-dink planes. Find some nice planes. Find good rates. There's so many... There's so many schools out here with really good rates. And if you're going to spend the money, make sure the plane is worth it. You know, make sure the instructor, the instruction is good. Make sure your instructor wants you to succeed. Make sure he's just not trying to use you for flight hours and take advantage. You know, you have to find, learn stuff early. Like, don't let things continue and continue on. Because I, I see people getting used and ran over and, you know, them not speaking up. And it's like, it shouldn't have took that long. You know, it shouldn't have took that long to to learn this one thing or are you, are they just teaching you that or are they teaching you other things? What's going on? You know, like question everything, <laughs> question everything. Right. I mean, that's great advice because one, you don't, it, it takes a while to kind of figure out when they don't have your good interests at heart. Everyone kind of put on a, a fake face and, and look good and act like they're going to treat you well and, and really be there for you. But uh, if they just continue, continue to let you down in certain situations and you need to move on, you don't have time necessarily to, to waste if you want to make this quick, if you want to get that seniority number and get this done as quick as possible. Now, on the side note, if someone's tough on you, you need to recognize the difference between someone being tough on you and expecting a lot out of you than them being mean and not liking you. You know, like there's a very fine line between the difference of them just being a terrible CFI or being someone that's just very tough and has high expectations. Now, if you know that you can't meet someone's expectations like that and they just are too hard on their students and maybe that doesn't jive your personality, then yeah, you can go find someone else. But don't always run away from that. Sometimes those hardened flight instructors, when you are at Delta, when you are in certain situations or maybe you have an emergency, that training, that hard training you had is really going to pay off. And the hard work you do then just really sets the tone for the rest of your flying career. Yeah, and I always say accept feedback. You want feedback. Feedback is good. What you don't want is to go on a flight and they're like, oh, great job. You're like, oh, I'm the best. And then, hold on, why are we still learning this? I thought you said I did good. You know, like you need the feedback. You need to know what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, what you can work on. So you know what you're working on for the next flight. If you're flying with someone that's not giving you any feedback and it's just like great flight every time, you need to have a conversation. Yeah. When I played sports, uh, we would always talk about how it was never as good as you think it was or it was never as bad as you think it was. So say you're, you're playing basketball and you're the best game ever. It's like you watch the film, you look at it, and you, you find the mistakes that you can improve on your game. Or if it was the worst game ever, you find the good that you did on it and what you can build off and build that momentum to keep being better. So if you have a bad day, just remember it's never as bad as you think it was. And if you have a good day, it's never as good as you think it was. There's probably some things that you really could have done a little bit better. Right, right. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. That is so true. Because I thought I was having good days. And I was like, oh, that was a good flight. And then he he drilled me. I was like, oh, I guess it wasn't. Yeah, you're like, never mind. That was not a good flight. <laughs> right. He was like, it was all right. But let me tell you what you can work on. And I needed that. You know, you never want to get on your high horse ever. <laughs> Well, I got some rapid fire questions for you. These are just going to be very, very quick aviation themed rapid fire questions. And you just answer them as quick as possible with no real explanation whatsoever. Uh-oh. You ready? Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your favorite airplane that has ever been made? One that you've seen on Instagram, one that you've seen in person, just one that you look at and you say, I love that and I want to fly it. Fighter jet. What about, do you have like a corporate jet? Uh, nope. Any aircraft with AC. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's pretty great. Air conditioning, APU, a bathroom, and a coffee maker. You can't beat it, man. You can't beat it. Exactly. What about uh, a... Anytime, at, 
I was say, like, what about a Delta? What's like one plane that you would love to fly at Delta? Ooh, at Delta, I love, I think I love the Airbus. I love flying on the Airbus. I don't know about flying it, um, but I do love flying on the Airbus. Let's go with the Airbus 320. What's the ugliest airplane you've ever seen? Oh, um, MD-88. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of that plane either. That plane has a cult following. It's kind of funny. Right. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> I weirdo. Yeah. Get they some avionics like in your thing. life. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, what's something you wish you knew before you became a pilot? Before I became a pilot? Um... Uh, that I could become a pilot. <laughs> yeah, it works. Who's one person in the industry you'd like to meet most? Who would I like to meet? Ooh. I met could be so someone many in the past, people. so it could be someone that's died and has done some great things in aviation, or it could be someone currently living. Bessie Coleman, come on now. There you go. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. What is your overall favorite thing about aviation? The community. What's your hardest flight you've ever flown? Uh, Windmill, tailwheel. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite flight? My favorite flight? Ooh. I never thought about a favorite flight. My favorite flight, um, when I got my commercial rating, was flying my mom. What is the hardest, or no, what's your least favorite airport you've ever landed at? Least favorite airport um pdk favorite airport you've ever landed at uh henry county <laughs> ifr or vfr Ooh, that's hard uh, okay, I go vfr goodness <laughs> <laughs> i like ifr but i don't want to be in it the whole time right yeah i don't believe <laughs> Uh, what is, so this is a two-part question. So it can be one, it can be when you're a flight attendant or when you're connecting, when you're flying on your own with Delta. What would, what's your go-to airline food? No, go-to airplane. No, I can't talk to that. What's your go-to airport food and a food court that you would go for? Uh, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> what about when you are getting a crew car? What's your go-to food? Oh, seafood. What's your, or would you rather fly over mountains, beaches, or the city? Ooh. 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 Beaches? I like beaches too. What would you rather fly? You already answered this a little bit, but would you rather be a passenger on an Airbus or a Boeing? Passenger on an Airbus. Would you rather fly an Airbus or a Boeing? Boeing. What's your favorite airline livery? Favorite airline what? Livery, color scheme, like paint scheme. Oh. Um, and it can't be Delta. You can't use the, the easy answer. I don't know. But Delta has the best. <laughs> I love that little Delta at the bottom when you see it fly over. <laughs> uh, I'll go with Southwest. It's colorful. It is. You are very true. <laughs> it's very, very colorful. <laughs> Would you rather fly long trips? So like, I mean, like as long as it could possibly be in your 172 or would you rather fly as many short legs and short trips as possible? 
long trips. What's the biggest win of your career so far? The biggest win? Yeah. So like the best moment, like uh, it could be when you decided to go become a pilot. It could be your passing your private pilot check ride. But what like overall is something that you're most proud of and the biggest win of your career? The biggest win in my career is creating the book You Look Like Me and being able to give back to kids everywhere. That's been amazing. Do you have any regrets of anything that you've done? Something that you wish you didn't do or something you wish you could have done better? Mm, a lot of people, I guess I kind of ask that different. A lot of people say that they just wish they would have become a pilot faster. or uh, they Right. Wish well, they, you know that's my yeah. story. Hello. <laughs> I wish I was started when I was two. Right. <laughs> I've only got yeah. 100 hours by yeah. age two. I wish I would have known sooner that I, I wish I would have had that discovery flight when I was a child. That would have been so amazing. If you would have been doing this earlier and if you would have found out about this, say when you're 18 years old, would you have gone straight into a 141 school where you get this done as fast as possible? Or do you like the 61 training you've been doing? Um, at that point, it probably would have been the 141 because I would have wanted my degree with it. Yes, I would have been like knocking that. out both. All right, last one. I already know the answer to this question, so you can't say Delta, but you have, uh, <laughs> you're traveling across the, the world wherever you want to go. What airline would, would you like to fly on most? And it could be like business class, could be the nicest of the nice, like Etihad, first class. Or like Emirates. Emirates. Let's do Emirates, yes. <laughs> Emirates and their to. first class with those beds. And yeah. oh, yes. <laughs> That'd be pretty sick. All right, Laura, those are all the rapid fire questions. I have one more question for you. Uh, when you are giving back, when you are seeing these girls, let's say now they're 16, let's say, or even boys, let's say now they're 18, they want to become a pilot. What are kind of steps that you would tell them? Just three tips for success on uh, making this happen and becoming a pilot. Okay. First step is knowing that you want to do it, knowing that this is something that um, you want to achieve. Second is don't give up. Never give up. Never doubt yourself. All of us made it happen. All the people that are there exactly where you want to be, they did it and they they saw it through. Make sure you see everything you do through. And the third is just, you know, work hard at it. I want everybody to work hard at it. Um, know that if it's not coming easy, you're not working hard enough. Work harder. Work harder. Just keep going. Keep going. Just don't give up. Persevere. Absolutely. I love it. Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. It's been great talking to you too. I'm so happy we got to talk. I know, right? (laughs) Hercules, Hercules. AV Nation, that's a wrap of episode 196. We are so close to 200 episodes. It's insane. I can't believe it. Uh, Absolutely mind-boggling. It's actually going to be a race to see what happens first. If the baby's born or if I get the episode 200. Uh, Who knows? Uh, We'll have to see what's going on. So take your bets. I don't know if MGM or Barstool Sports or someone wants to put this in their book lines, but here we go. (laughs) I imagine uh, it's wild. Uh, And if you didn't know, that's the first time you found out that uh, we're having a kid in December 24th, then go ahead and uh, follow us on Instagram because you're really missing out on quality content. Instagram is the best way to keep in touch with me. Follow me, see what's going on. Aviation, I hope you guys are having a great day. And as always, happy flying.